In the 1947 classic Christmas film, It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart, goes through a tough time during Christmas in dealing with two serious financial problems caused by someone else. This most beloved and joyful man in all of Bedford Falls is overcome with depression, anger, hopelessness, and despair. But in the midst of all this, George's wife, Mary, steps in and shows us how to help the people we love when they are in a dark place, especially at Christmas. It's what today's episode is all about. But before we take a look at what we can learn from Mary, here's a word from Carol. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Thank you, Carol, and Merry Christmas to you, by the way. Today, as with all our episodes, our purpose is to help you find more joy in the relationships God designed for you. Of all the times of the year to find joy in our relationships, can there be a better time than Christmas? Christmas only exists because Jesus wants a relationship with us, and he came to earth to make that really clear to us. There's certainly joy in this relationship, and also in our relationships with friends and family. But sometimes, things get in the way of experiencing the kind of relationships God designed for us with the people we love. We see this so vividly in what I think is the greatest Christmas movie ever made, It's a Wonderful Life. The film is just overflowing with many different kinds of relationship struggles. But at the end, it leaves you feeling good about being alive in community with other people. I like this movie so much that I did an entire podcast on the seven relationship lessons we learned from It's a Wonderful Life. It's episode 45, and I'll have a link to it at the bottom of today's show notes. If it's been a while since you saw the film, or if you've never seen it, here's a brief summary of the plot of It's a Wonderful Life. The main character, George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart, grows up in a small town by the name of Bedford Falls prior to World War II. From the time he was young, George was a very popular, engaging person, well-liked by everyone. Small-town life was not for him, however. He talked often about his dream of moving away and traveling to faraway places where he could work as an engineer to build big things like skyscrapers and bridges. George grew up in a loving family where his father and uncle ran the Bailey Brothers Building and Loan, a business in competition with the bank in town owned by the antagonist in the movie, Henry Potter, old man Potter as he was called. At one point, George's father, Peter Bailey, died suddenly, and George takes over the building and loan. The plan was that once George's brother Harry graduated from college, 
he would take over the building and loan so George could leave Bedford Falls to pursue an education and his dreams. But as so often happens, things didn't turn out as planned. Harry returns from college, not just with a diploma, but also with a wife and a job out of town with his father-in-law. All this, of course, leaves George with the responsibility of running the building alone, causing him to feel trapped all the more, which is a major theme of the movie. George ends up getting married to a woman named Mary. On their wedding day and on their way out of town for their honeymoon, there's a run on the bank. This was not unusual during the Depression of the 1930s, which is when the movie takes place. Everyone wanted to withdraw their savings in cash, but there's not enough money to pay out the withdrawals. Mary sees what's going on and turns over to George all their wedding money and savings that she and George have saved for their honeymoon. George then uses this money to pay out the cash withdrawals. This is the first example we see from Mary of how to help the people we love when they are going through a rough time. How many women do you know would sacrifice their once-in-a-lifetime romantic vacation to help her husband solve a problem at work? (laughs) Not many. Most women would say something along the lines of, This is our wedding day and we're leaving for our honeymoon. Let your, let your co-workers deal with a problem. They'll understand. And aren't I more important than your job, your business? But that's not Mary. She sacrifices her desires and her resources to help the person she loves. Sometimes, to help the people we love, we have to set aside our dreams. And sometimes, to help the people we love, will cost us financially. This run on the bank that George and Mary are dealing with is an interesting metaphor for relationships. Just as deposits we make with our money into financial institutions, we also make, quote, deposits, unquote, in our relationships. George Bailey had certainly done this with the relationships he developed and fostered in Bedford Falls. The movie shows how he invested in people, the things he did to help people when help was needed. Watch for it the next time you see the movie, and I'll comment more on this in a few minutes. But I wonder about you and me. To what extent are we investing in relationships where we pour ourselves into being there for other people? Will we have enough in our relationship account that there will be something to withdraw when we need help? After the problem with the run on the bank is solved, another work-related problem arises, like the whack-a-mole game you see at the fair. On Christmas Eve, Uncle Billy misplaces $8,000 worth of deposits right as a bank examiner shows up for an audit. In today's dollar, adjusted for inflation, 
This $8,000 would amount to about $110,000 today. Now, if the money isn't found in this case, it will mean bankruptcy, scandal, and jail time for George. He's beside himself with fear, and it brings out the worst in him. The rest of the film shows how George goes about dealing with his problem and how others deal with George. If there was ever a movie about relationships, this would certainly be it. For example, at one point in the film, George tries to help Uncle Billy remember where he left the money. But he gets impatient, and he roughs up Uncle Billy and calls him a silly old fool. George then comes home in his irritated, fearful state and yells at his kids. He makes one of them cry, in fact, at which point Mary steps in to protect her children. She positions herself in front of the kids and confronts George very sternly with, George, why must you torture the children? Why don't you... And then her voice trails off. Before the scene... Mary observed the marked change in behavior in her husband and asks him, George, what's wrong? He doesn't answer, in part because I think he's trying to protect his wife from work problems, and in part because he's confused by his own anger and rage. Mary is puzzled by George because it's not like him to be so angry. But she doesn't give up on George when he doesn't answer her what's wrong question. Instead, she reflects in her mind what might be the problem. George didn't go to work that morning angry at the world. So it's logical to consider that probably something happened at work to set him off. George isn't any help in figuring out the problem. So Mary, logically and wisely, calls someone who works with George to see if they might know. You know, it's one thing you can do to help someone you love. She picks up the phone and asks the operator to call Bedford 247. And guess who answers? Yeah, you're right. It's Uncle Billy. Now, we don't hear what Mary says to Uncle Billy, but by the end of the movie, we can all figure it out. After George walks out the door after yelling at his kids, we see him encounter Clarence Oddbody, AS2, which stands for Angel Second Class. He was sent by God to help George put his problem in perspective and to realize the impact he's had on people. It's interesting that God doesn't send Clarence the angel to solve George's problem, but rather that despite his problems, it truly is a wonderful life that George has been living. God still works like that today, oftentimes not solving our problems, but always putting them in perspective in light of eternity and God's purposes for our life. Getting back to Mary and her phone call to Uncle Billy. After George's encounter with Clarence Oddbody, Angel Second Class, he returns home a new man, all so grateful to be alive and even at peace with the potential consequences 
of losing $8,000 in deposits. It's here we see what Mary and Uncle Billy talked about in their phone call. So now she tells George, it's a miracle, George, it's a miracle. And then Uncle Billy walks through the front door with a large wicker laundry basket and sets it on a folding table and tells George one of the key lines in the movie in such an excited tone. Mary did it, George. Mary did it. She scoured all over town telling people you were in trouble. And with that, crowds of people come pouring through the front door with cash to put in the basket. What a bold action on Mary's part. Sometimes to help the people we love, we have to step out of our comfort zone and ask other people to help us care for the one we love. Sometimes we have to make withdrawals from our relational bank account. It's just how it works. Mary shows that we can help the people we love who are going through difficult times by first observing any change in behavior. What's different about them now? And when did the change happen? Often knowing when will give us further clues to help those we love. We also learn from Mary how it's important to reflect upon what might be causing the distress in the people we love. Be direct and ask them. They may not know themselves, but don't give up. Probe further. And then take action as Mary did. Sometimes we can ask other people who may be in a position to know what the root of the problem is in the angst our loved one is experiencing. Call someone, but certainly don't text. And then, when you finally understand the heart of the problem, take more action. Evaluate what you can do to help and what you need from other people. Finally, we learn from Mary that helping the people we love going through a really bad season is often done behind the scenes. I love behind-the-scenes people. They, they have no hidden agenda, and all they want to do is to bring out the best in people. It's never about them. So, what does all of this mean for you? How can you use what you've heard today to help you find more joy in the relationships in your life? You can make it a goal to be a better observer of the important people in your life. Notice any changes in behavior. Then reflect upon what might possibly be causing those changes. Take action. Do something that tries to help. And like Mary in the movie, you can do all this behind the scenes. Be a behind-the-scenes person. It's pretty fulfilling helping the people we love this way. In closing, I'd love to hear any thoughts you have about today's episode. I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to consider how you can help the people you love this Christmas behind the scenes. For when you do, you will experience the joy of relationships God desires for you. Because after all, that's right, you were made for this. Well, that's all for today. 
As we close up shop, please don't forget to spread a little relational sunshine around the people you meet this week. Spark some joy for them, just like Mary did, and all the people of Bedford Falls. And I'll see you again next time. Goodbye for now.